if someone is picking on you and bullying you, you have two options. One, you fight back, or two, you give up. This is the Life Given Podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Lopez. Happy August, everybody. I can't believe July has gone and went. It um, has, has come and gone, and we are off to the races already in August. And um, last month was our first full month of our new format to the show. So please let me know if you guys are enjoying it um, and if it's keeping you up to speed, because uh, that really, really does uh, mean uh, that really does help me uh, to just try to figure out, okay, how to best tailor the show to those who are listening. Because, um, I mean, this is for you guys. Uh, so July was a month. And honestly, the year of 2020 has marked an uptick in bullying. In a culture that uh, preaches sensitivity and inclusion, there is really only a few ways to do things. And it just seems so contradictory to the message that we have been uh, preached the last 10 years. Soft lands truly produce soft men, as uh, a history teacher taught me once. <laughs> um, and like I said in the introduction, there are two ways that you can respond to a bully. There are two ways that you can respond to someone singling you out uh, and coming after you and beating you up. You either retreat, uh, hide your lunch money, give your lunch money away, or you stand up to them. And even if you're going to get absolutely obliterated and beat up, you still stand up for what you think is right. And in today's episode, I just want to play a couple clips for you and honestly, it's going to be the majority of, majority of the episode of people standing up. And honestly, some of these people may not have done this if you hadn't or if the culture hadn't put them through the ringer. You've been, uh, when you are told constantly, you need to say these things and you need to believe these things, that's when you find out who you truly are. And in today's episode, I want to show a couple of examples of where people find out who they truly are in times like these. When the going gets tough, the tough really do show up. And the, the softies, the people who are weaker, get rolled up uh, with the rest of the culture um, and carried on their merry way. So uh, the first clip I want to play for you is Jonathan Isaac a uh, basketball player in the NBA. Um, and as you may know, the NBA resumed play this last week. And the majority of people involved, coaches, players are kneeling and wearing Black Lives Matter t-shirts over their jerseys. And in some cases, they have foregone the name, the name of the player on the back of the jersey to uh, something uh, culturally sensitive. So peace or Black Lives Matter, or uh, one of the um, people who have been shot by police. That's, that's taken the place of the name on the back of these jerseys. So it's a very, very woke time for the NBA. But there are a few people not kneeling during the anthem, not kneeling before the games. And Jonathan Isaac is one of the few, including, I, I think there is an MLB pitcher that did it recently for the San Francisco Giants. Um, and 
lo and behold, the two people that aren't kneeling are Christian. But I'll just play you this clip of, of this press conference um, where this reporter asks him why you aren't supporting Black Lives Matter. Hey, answer that. Go ahead. Oh, am I able to follow up with a quick one? Yes, please do. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so, Jonathan, I, I, I'm asking this with all sincerity. I just want to really understand your reasoning for that. Can you just explain further what you feel like religion has to do with kneeling for the anthem to protest against racism and police brutality? The correlation between those two? Well, I mean, honest, honestly, I don't, I don't really see it as religion for myself. I see it as a relationship with God. I feel like not only, I don't, I don't think that, you know, kneeling or um, putting on a t-shirt for me personally is the answer. I feel like, um, for me, black lives are supported through the gospel. All lives are supported through the gospel. That we are, like I said, have things that, 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 that we do wrong. You know, sometimes it gets to a place where you think it's about who's wrong as person you know, and who's wrong as seen. So like the Bible tells us that we're all, we all fall short of the religion. We all fall short of God's glory. And that at the end of the day, you know, whoever will humble themselves and seek God and repent of their sins that, that, that we could see it in a different light, see our mistakes and people's mistakes in a different light, see people's evil in a different light, that would you know, work as closely together and get past the code, get past anything that, you know, that's on the surface doesn't really deal with the hearts of men. Wow. So you want a strong dose of gospel. <laughs> that's awesome. Man, Jonathan Isaac, what a, what a response. Dad gum. Wow. That is fantastic. That's straight gospel right there. And the crazy thing is, you know, a lot of athletes will thank God for where they've gotten. They'll make that a point in their speeches and accepting awards and trophies and stuff like that. This man who, you know, I mean, I, I don't know his, him personally. I don't know his background, um, but I can just suspect that it, he's not one to just, uh, that, that honestly, the reason he's talking about his faith is because everything is just so anti-God right now in our society that it's making people who may not have um, he, you know, his lifestyle, he chose basketball. He didn't choose to be a pastor. He didn't choose to go and uh, start a church. Um, uh, he's a Christian. And so he, he obviously is willing to talk about his faith. But, you know, it's, it's almost like an everyday situation where he, he has these press conferences every day. They generally ask him about the game. Now people are asking him questions that are specifically challenging him in his faith. And he didn't bat an eye. This is just your average Joe, if, if you can call an NBA player average in that sense, that is going to work, putting in his time, uh, making a living for him and his family. And, you know, he has his beliefs and they are very personal, but that does not stop him from sharing and speaking truth. And I mean, like when he says that the gospel uh, believes that all lives matter or whatever, that is amazing. Um, and truly, I just want to play the whole clip for you there. And I'm sorry if this isn't exactly your cup of tea and you prefer hearing me talk all the time, which I highly doubt that. Um, that's that's amazing. More people need to share that. And honestly, ESPN shared that on their YouTube page. Um, and I really appreciate that because A, it's accessible. B, 
ah, it's just a great message to have out there and a great response to a question that a lot of people are asking. And our culture just seems confused that these, that wait, what we believe you don't believe. Why not? Anyway. Um, so hats off to Jonathan Isaac. He is my MVP right now. Um, anyway, uh, the next clip I want to play for you, um, probably went on, uh, probably, you probably have seen headlines about it. You might not have seen the video because everyone and their dog is taking it down from social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all deleting uh, this video the day after it was published. And there was this uh, press conference held in DC by a bunch of lab coats, by a bunch of uh, America's frontline doctors is what this group is called. And they are there to speak out against the narrative that has been preached by the media that A, lockdowns, masks are essential. B, hydroxychloroquine is not a drug to be used to help in the battle against the coronavirus. And now you have a group of doctors coming together and protesting, basically saying, no, actually, hydroxychloroquine is a drug that can be used. They are going against the narrative. They are showing that they have the kahunas to do that. And it was truly a wonderful thing. And honestly, like, we can discuss the science another time. You know, I, I think it's a difficult thing to discuss because really, you know, some of this language just goes over our heads, goes over, like, the research done. But... Why can't there be, honestly, the question I have is why can't there be a solution out there that other people are overlooking? And I've seen some studies, I've read through some studies, um, and I've also seen studies, I've seen studies on both sides saying that uh, it doesn't work or it does. The majority of the media right now believe that it doesn't. So that's what you're seeing. As soon as I, I looked up uh, the Frontline Doctors video, uh, and the only thing on the first page of Google was hydroxychloroquine is not a drug that is effective combating the coronavirus. Nothing else. Nothing else is said. Nothing else is stated. That's it. And you just got to wonder, why isn't there another narrative allowed at the table? And... That's why I want to play here for you guys. It's coming from something called D-Tube. And I'm just going to play you uh, one of my favorite clips. is about five minutes long. Okay, I might turn it down in post-production, but uh, I'll link to it in the description. Um, hopefully, my video doesn't get taken down, but um, I'll, this, this video is so worth playing the entire clip. Uh, this doctor from Houston, she just goes full bore into it. And uh, this is the kind of... A message that a voice that I, I think that we should value more of, um, but we haven't. We haven't. Not in this conversation and not in this day and age. Here you go. Hello. Um, I'm Dr. Stella Emanuel. I'm a primary care physician in Houston, Texas. You know, um, I actually uh, went to medical school in West Africa, Nigeria, where I took care of malaria patients, treated them with hydroxychloroquine and stuff like that. So I'm actually used to these medications. I'm here because I have personally treated over 350 patients with COVID. Patients that have diabetes, patients that have high blood pressure, patients that have um, asthma, old 
people, I think my oldest patient is 92, 87 year olds, and the result has been the same. I put them on hydroxychloroquine, I put them on zinc, I put them on Zitromax, and they are all well. For the past few months, I've taken care of over 350 patients who've not lost one, not a diabetic, not a somebody with high blood pressure, not somebody with asthma, not an old person. We've not lost one patient. And on top of that, I've put myself, my staff, and many doctors that I know on hydroxychloroquine for prevention because by the very mechanism of action, it works early and as a prophylaxis. We see patients, 10 to 15 COVID patients every day. We give them breathing treatments. We only wear surgical masks. None of us has gotten sick. It works. So right now, I, I came here to Washington DC to say America, Nobody needs to die. The, 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 the study that made me start using hydroxychloroquine was a study that they did in, under the NIH in 2005 that say it works. Recently, I was doing some research about a patient that had hiccups, and I found that they even did a recent study in the NIH, which is our national institute, um, that is the, the national, NIH, national Institute of, of Health. They actually had a study, I'm going to look it up, had hiccups and COVID, you will see it. They treated a patient that had hiccups with hydroxychloroquine and it proved that COVID is a symptom of, hydro of, of uh, hiccups. It's a symptom of, of COVID. So if the NIH knows that treating the patient with hydroxychloroquine proves that hiccup is a symptom of COVID, then they definitely know that hydroxychloroquine works. I'm upset. Why I'm upset is that I see people that cannot breathe. I see parents walk in, I see diabetics sit in my office knowing that this is a death sentence and they can't breathe. And I hug them and I tell them, it's going to be okay, you're going to leave. And we treat them and they leave. None has died. So if some fake science, some person sponsored by all these fake pharma companies comes and says, oh, we've done studies and they found out that it doesn't work, I can tell you categorically it's fake science. I want to know who is sponsoring that study. I want to know who is behind it because there is no way I can treat 350 patients and counting, and nobody is dead, and they all did better. And then you're going to tell me that you treated 20 people, 40 people, and, and it didn't work. I'm a true testimony. So I came here to Washington, D.C. to tell America, nobody needs to get sick. This virus has a cure. It's called hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and zitromax. I know if you want to talk about masks, hello, you don't need masks. There is a cure. I know they don't want to open schools. No, you don't need to, people to be locked down. There is prevention and there is a cure. And let me tell you something. All you fake doctors out there that tell me, oh yeah, I want a double-blinded studies. I just tell you, please tell me like a computer, double-blinded, double-blinded. I don't know whether your chips are malfunctioning, but I'm a real doctor. I have radiologists, we have plastic surgeons, we have neurosurgeons like Sanjay Gupta saying, oh yeah, it doesn't work and it causes heart disease. Let me ask you, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, hear me. Have you ever seen a COVID patient? Have you ever treated anybody with hydroxychloroquine and they die from heart disease? When you do, come and talk to me. Because I sit down in my clinic every day and I see this patient walk in every day, scared to, scared to death. I see people driving two, three hours to my clinic because some ER doctor is scared of the Texas board or they are scared of something and they will not prescribe medication to these people. I tell all of you doctors that are sitting down and watching Americans die. You're like... The good Nazi, the good one, the good Germans that watch Jews get killed and you do not speak up. Hmm. If they come after me, they threaten me. They threaten to, I mean, I've gotten all kinds of threats, but they're going to report me to the bots. They're going to, I say, you know what, I don't care. I'm not going to let Americans die. And if this is the mountain, if this is the hill where I get 
When somebody is dead, they are dead. They're not coming back tomorrow to have an argument. They're not coming back tomorrow to discuss the double-blinded study and the data. All of you doctors that are waiting for data, if six months down the line you actually found out that this data shows that this medication works, how about your patients that have died? You want a double-blinded study where people are dying? It's unethical. So, guys, we don't need to die. There is a cure for COVID. Wow. Other major news outlets aren't going to cover that. That's, that part of the conversation is not welcome at the table. Now, we can discuss, is it really the cure? The cure. Is that what? Because that, that's what she was saying emphatically. But why aren't we talking about it more? You know, I mean, her testimony is very strong. Her delivery is very strong. There are studies that support what she says. There are studies that other people are touting that don't support what she says. So what, what's it going to be? But, and I don't have the answer for you. But there's got to be more conversation happening. And that's, I thought it was a perfect time to pull it into this podcast because that's what it is all about, the conversation. There's got to be some more, some more things to discuss here than just lockdowns, just masks. Hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. Well, what if it does work? I mean, if her testimony is true, 300, it has helped 350 people in her clinic alone. Other places, other studies have shown that it helped like 80, 90% of people. Why aren't we taking a closer look at that? Well, anyway, I hope that uh, this um, podcast, this episode has shown that um, these are the kinds of people we should be emulating. These are the kinds of people uh, that have the backbone to speak up against the narrative, whether it's Black Lives Matter, the coronavirus uh, panic gospel. These are the kinds of people I hope that I will be if the pressure comes down on this podcast, on me. And I hope that these are the kinds of people you aspire for and to. If you are enjoying what you're listening to, please like and subscribe on whatever platform you are and share it with a friend. If you know of friends that really don't feel like diving into two hour long podcasts for current events, send them my way because this podcast is perfect for them. As always, remember that the life that you have been given and the life that you have received includes every area of life. The current fear is no exception. God bless.